And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and we are with Lamb Lion Ministry. We want to welcome you to today's program as we're going to be talking about signs of things to come. Those of you following us on social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for all those who have tuned in to hear your word. We ask, Lord, that you'll guide and direct our conversation, that it be uh, salted and peppered with uh, good flavorings, Lord, of knowing about you, so we grow in our understanding and our love of you. We thank you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into a Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, our topic is signs of things to come. So stay tuned and be part of our program. And before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones, to the program. Nathan, how are you today? Well, I, I'm a little suffering from a cold here, so I do apologize, folks, if I'm sounding a little uh, stuffy. I feel like I'm underwater, but uh, I'm going to rally and hope the Lord gives me energy to to talk more. If not, Vic, uh, I might be listening more. <laughs> there you go, Nathan. We'll share. We'll share. We'll, we'll make sure the voice, uh, both of our voices are heard. Well, Nate, it's great to have you on. And yeah, for anyone who's new to our program, uh, Nathan and I here, we've been doing this program for many, many years to encourage you and to encourage you to grow in the things of the Lord and also in the resources and uh, to encourage you to know that the Lord is coming back soon and he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And we do these programs each week to, again, point you to heaven and so that you can be excited about the, the plans that God has for your future. So, Nathan, that's why we get so excited when we do these programs, because we hear from time to time, right, Nathan, we hear back from people that say, hey, we are listening. We're tuned in. We enjoy this so much. And all we need is more individuals, right, Nathan, to kind of let us know that they're out there. Yeah, man, I, I can't tell you how excited I am, I am when I uh, have someone come up and say, hey, you know, the, your guys, The Truth Will Set You Free podcast, uh, you know, brighten my day a little and uh, help me grow closer to the Lord and help me get expectant about his soon return. I mean, that's why we do these things. Otherwise, you and I would do something else. If, <laughs> so uh, thank you for all for your feedback. And uh, if you want to recommend this podcast, uh, we're on quite a number on Google podcasts and spotify and itunes and you can go to our website at christinprophecy.org under podcasts we have every one that vic and i have done since 2010 are all listed there for you to, to you can go back and hear older versions of us if you wish before vic had hearing aids <laughs> so uh we yeah we uh, hope you join our uh our channel the course is christ in prophecy which is of course the name of our television show here at lamb and lion ministries and Check out our podcast, The Truth Will Set You Free. Thank you, Nathan Jones. I appreciate that. And yes, we do have less hair. And we we have people joining us on social media. I can see some people joining us. And we thank you again for supporting and praying for us. And we just want to give you a shout out that we are we know that you're there behind the scenes. So we're encouraged by that. And Nathan, you and I, when we started, we also used to do a lot of the video uh, uh, video blogs, if you will. But since I started losing my hair, we went to podcasting. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I've only known you bald your entire life. So <laughs> I, I, I have to assume at one time you had hair. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, behind behind the mic, people can't really see our faces, Nathan. So we can say, you know, uh, we can say what we really look like. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what the uh, thumbnails are, right? Every time we uh, 
we post these on social media. We'll put a picture of ourselves with, with the topic. So <laughs> uh, they can see that we're both short guys. There you go. Oh, and of course, as you guys can see, we always have a lot of fun here, Nathan and I. And uh, one thing we do take seriously is the Bible and the things that the Bible has to say and what God has to say about you and your future. And uh, Nathan, the Bible has a lot to say about what we can expect uh, for the future. Uh, you and I are very familiar with a wonderful book commentary by Dwight Pentecost called Things to Come. And most seminary, most seminary students are use that book. And, and it's, it's a wonderful book commentary, right, Nathan, that really shows what the Bible has to say about what the future and what is to come. Oh, yeah. When I started getting into Bible prophecy, I, I read that. That's a foundational book. It, it's a little academic and dry, but it's very thorough. And Pentecost is one of the greats of, of this field of eschatology. So well worth the read. Absolutely. And, and speaking about things to come, we're going to be looking at the book of Ezekiel chapter four as Ezekiel is going to bring forth for us certain things that are going to come illustrated in various signs. And Nathan, talking about signs, the Bible has a lot to say about signs and how God speaks through humanity through signs and oftentimes wonders and things of what's uh, uh, expected for the future. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know, 31% of the Bible is Bible prophecy. In other words, God wants us to know how the story ends. Now, he doesn't give us every detail, but he gives us many, many details to show that Jesus wins. And because he wins, uh, we, his children, win through him as well. So we know how the story ends. We know the glorious future that awaits his children. And the Bible is just filled with prophecies that give us the signs of the times that point to his return and eventually him setting up his kingdom on this earth. So absolutely, Vic, totally agree. Yeah, I love that. And of course, and oftentimes when the Bible talks about signs, we have to recognize they're not always complicated. Oftentimes they're illustrated for us and they even tell us what the signs mean. And it's sad that today too many people try to complicate the Bible, especially Bible prophecy, thinking that the average individual cannot understand Bible prophecy. And therefore there's many people that shy away from studying Bible prophecy or, or even wanting to learn Bible prophecy because they think, well, it's too complicated. I cannot understand that. And Nathan, you and I have been noticing that for years where people, rather than being encouraged to learn and study Bible prophecy, are discouraged from it. It's a shame. I, you know, there's a, a view called amillennialism. It means a no, no millennium. Uh, the Bible prophesies that Jesus Christ will return. He'll set up his kingdom on this earth. It'll be a thousand years of peace, righteousness, and justice. But the amillennial interpretation of scripture says, no, nah, that's not going to happen. Uh, Christ's kingdom is spiritual. Now, there's certainly an aspect of a spiritual fold of the kingdom of Christ during this time period. Cotton Mather, who was a Puritan pastor, had a what's called the fourfold kingdom of Jesus Christ. And uh, there's a sovereign, providential, ecclesiastical, which is the church age, and then Davidic. The Davidic fold of the four-part kingdom hasn't happened yet. It's future. And then <clears throat> the amillennial interpretation, I think, steals Christians of their hope that better times are coming, that Jesus Christ will come and defeat evil and uh, win, basically. And so, yes, they're deprived of that, what the Bible calls the blessed hope, because they spiritualize the interpretation of Scripture. 
Mm, excellent point, Nathan. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned into the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're talking about signs of things to come. That is the title of today's message. You know, Nathan, what's amazing to me is that even the Lord himself clearly stated how there will be signs pointing to his return. So the Bible talks about signs that are near signs that are far and prophecies of signs that are yet uh, further future, as I, I, I would like to call them. And, and Nathan, if we can turn to Matthew chapter 24, uh, looking at verse three, here we also find, so, so individuals can recognize that um, the Bible does talk about uh, signs as we're going to look about in Ezekiel, but there's also signs uh, talking about pointing towards the future of what's coming. Would you be able to read for us, Nathan, there, Matthew 24, verse 3? Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, that being Jesus, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And, and, and there, clearly, right, Nathan, uh, what will be the sign of your coming? There's people that they 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 play down signs. They don't believe in that. They think, oh, that's, that's not relevant. But yet, here we clearly see... Uh, the, the word of God clearly says what, what will be the signs of your coming and the end of the age. In other words, today we use signs everywhere. When we're driving on the road, there are signs pointing us in different directions, uh, warning us of danger. Uh, signs are something that is illustrated for us to make things clear and easy for us to understand. And likewise, Bible prophecy also says that there are certain signs that have been posted for us in history, right, Nathan, so that we can know what to expect. Yeah, and the context of Jesus teaching this uh, in Matthew 24, which is the Olivet Discourse, also in Luke 21 and Mark 13, is that the apostles were there with Jesus in Jerusalem looking at the temple, and that's where Jesus had made the, that amazing prophecy that the temple would be destroyed. And the, the disciples just couldn't understand that. I mean, this was supposed to be the house of God, right? So that's what was kind of fueling these questions. So the three questions were, well, when is the temple going to fall? You know, I mean, obviously, and we know through history, that was 70 AD. And he, but they also asked, what will be the sign of your coming? In other words, if you're leaving, then we know you will, are, though they didn't understand that he'd be leaving based on the crucifixion, that he'd be coming back. And that's the rapture of the church. And then of the end of the age, the end of this age that Jesus was ushering in, the church age. So Jesus answers uh, three questions with 10 signs. And each of the signs he said would increase in frequency and intensity like birth pains the closer we got to his soon return. So, yes, we've had earthquakes. Yes, we've had wars. Yes, we've had famines and pestilences. But they'd increase in frequency and intensity the closer we got to each of these different time periods. And right now, brother, we're seeing just an amazing amount of these signs happening right now. And they're increasing in frequency and intensity the closer we get to his return. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. Absolutely. And not only that, but we read uh, in 2 Peter 3, speaking of the last days, how people are going to be brutal, despisers of good, uh, hate mongers. Nathan, we're seeing so much of that sign, even right before our eyes, just the shooting that took place this week there in Buffalo. And uh, the many people that lost their lives because someone, I believe, was sort of playing out what we're noticing in these uh, virtual reality games, uh, these these co-ops, people are just uh, individuals are, are fighting and shooting each other, and and demon possessed people. I'm I'm, I'm thinking Nathan are coming out, and, and they're actually in a sense 
bringing this to life. And the Bible talks about these signs of the last days. Uh, I don't think evil is even trying to hide anymore. I, obviously, corruption at the highest levels isn't even trying to hide it anymore. Uh, I guess we're at a point in society where the Bible says people's consciences are singed. In other words, they they, they just don't feel bad about doing bad anymore. And we're seeing that increase in frequency and intensity. And that's not just the United States, but on a global scale. And that's usually the condition before an epic world war where just the entire world gets just so down and dirty that finally war breaks out and it almost acts as a catharsis. It, afterwards, there's a return to Jesus, but uh, it's short-lived until the next generation comes and we get another world war again. So I believe that we're looking very much at finding ourselves very close to the return of Jesus Christ based on the signs he gives us. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. And that is so true. And that's why I want to encourage those of you that are tuned into the program, uh, whether it's now or later future, we, gotta, we have to keep our country in prayer. <laughs> know that you can make a difference wherever you are. The Bible says that we're to be salt and light, that we're supposed to be those preservative agents uh, in our communities and those that shine the light in the darkness. So again, that's what we're doing here as we read scripture, as we turn to Bible prophecy, as we look at Ezekiel chapter four, that's what Ezekiel was called to do during his time. And also there he was pointed out certain signs, certain illustrations that he was supposed to bring to the people of Israel, to Jerusalem, the people of Judah, to illustrate to them the condition that they were in and what was to be expected in the future if they did not repent or change. So Nathan, as we look at Ezekiel chapter four, I'm going to uh, begin there verse one through three as we look at this first sign and the bible says you also son of man take a clay tablet and lay it before you and portray on it a city jerusalem lay siege against it build a siege wall against it and heap up a mound against it set camps against it also and place a battering rams against it all around verse three moreover take for yourself an iron plate and set it on an iron wall between you and the city. Set your face against it and it shall be besieged and you shall lay siege against it. Thus will be, and I love the next word, a sign to the house of Israel. Pretty clear, right, Nate? Yeah, this is <clears throat> excuse me, one of those times where the prophets were not just reciting God's word verbally or writing it down, but they acted out certain messages of God. And this is interesting because you can kind of see that that Ezekiel here was building a pretty impressive um, model. I mean, if you've ever been to Jerusalem, they have a big model of the ancient city of Israel downtown. And uh, you can walk around it. At, eh, I don't know how big. Maybe it's the size of a, a swimming pool, I guess, a good-sized swimming pool. And you can walk around it, and it's very detailed. And here, Ezekiel is asked to do the same thing. Go build this giant model and make it look like it's under siege by a foreign army. And when people go by it, they'll say, hey, what are you doing this? And so you can explain it to them. Say, look at this. This is what God's going to do to the city. And that's pretty neat. I, I don't know how long it took Ezekiel to build this. After all, he is in exile. He just saw Jerusalem just destroyed or will. It's kind of hard to know uh, at the present. I'd have to look it up when he is, because Ezekiel was one of the exilic prophets. But uh, he's showing that the city's being besieged by acting it out. And it, it's pretty neat. I, I kind of try to picture in my head 
what a, a model of Jerusalem under siege would look like. I guess when you go to one of those hobby shops and all the old guys in the back have created a, a civil war reenactment out of models. That's kind of what Ezekiel is doing here. It may be, and I love the picture here because I remember when I was young, I came to this country back in 1976, and I remember playing with uh, cowboys and Indians <laughs> and, and putting together those little models with the little uh, buildings, if you will. Uh, and it kind of reminds me of this, how I love the way that the Bible can also illustrate certain truths to make it simple for people to grasp. Yeah, it, people say, well, you know, like Revelation. Oh, Revelation is just too hard to understand. It's like, well, it's not hard to understand. It's just hard to believe. If you believe it, you'll understand it. And God works that way. He doesn't give us his prophecies to be confusing so we don't know what's going to happen. Now, he does in a way, so like when he gave the parables, he was, so those who are his sheep will understand it, and those who have set their hearts against him won't understand it. So there is an element to that, but... If you love the Lord and you're oh, you're studying Bible prophecy, open to what the Holy Spirit will lead, then you will come to understand the prophecies that he gives. I love that. And that is so true. And that's why I love the way that Ezekiel is just laying this out. So there he gives that one regarding the clay tablets. And then secondly, we look at verse verses four through eight and we see a second wonderful illustration. Verse four, then he says, lie also on your left side. And, and I love this. And lay the iniquity of the house of Israel upon it. According to the number of days that you lie on it, you shall bear their iniquity. For I have laid on you the years of their iniquity according to the number of the days, 390 days. So you shall bear the iniquity of the house of Israel. And when you have completed them, lie again on your right side. Then you shall bear the iniquity of the house of Judah 40 days. I have laid on you a day for each year. Therefore, you shall set your face towards the siege of Jerusalem. Your arm shall be uncovered and you shall prophesy against it. And surely I will constrain you so that you cannot turn from one side to another till you have ended the days of your siege. Another amazing illustration, right, Nathan? Oh, isn't it bizarre that here... He's going to lay it on his one side for 390 days. Now, I don't know if that's 390 24-hour days or he was allowed to get up and go home. But at some point, whenever they'd see him around the model of Jerusalem that he built, there he is laying on one side 390 days. And then all of a sudden, bam, after those days, there he is. He's on the other side. And those who are probably adept at noticing would say, wait, now he's on the other side. And he did that for 40 days. And the Lord would speak through him or prophesy through him through this object lesson. And this is where when you hear people say they want to be modern day prophets, I think they want to be <laughs> modern day speaking prophets. But you don't hear very many people say, I want to be a modern day acting prophet because the Lord act, makes you act out some very weird things. <laughs> very weird, Nathan. And as we continue on here, we'll see how Ezekiel really was one of these weird guys. I mean, the things that the Lord asked him to do. And what I love about it, Nathan, he didn't complain. He just obeyed. Sometimes the Lord calls us to do things that seem awkward or weird or strange to the world. <laughs> but nevertheless, we're called to uh, we're called to do it. Absolutely. Nathan, I just love this because, you know, I just think that it's really uh, amazing Ezekiel's obedience to do these things. And, and uh, like I said, we're not sure the full length of time, but 
it was quite a bit of time. And I'm sure it also was arousing the curiosity of the people. We have um, a guy that goes around the United States of America bearing a cross with a wheel on the back. You probably yeah, see seen him. Right? Three different times in my life. Is he, I don't know, is he still around? I'm not sure, but I do know that now here in the Daytona Beach area, there was a guy carrying a, a Bible almost just as large. <laughs> I think it'd be a little easier with the cross since it's got a wheel on it. Right. But again, there's people out there that they do these kind of illustrations to get people's attention. But then it opens up a door for conversation, a door for evangelism, a door to say, hey, God is doing something. And I just love these illustrations here in Ezekiel. Yeah, they are really clever. And Nathan, and then when we get to verse uh, nine, uh, we notice also he continues. He says on verse nine, also take for yourself wheat, barley, beans, lentils, uh, millet, and spelt. I love this. And he says, put them into one vessel and make bread of them for yourself. During the number of days you lie on your side, 390 days you shall eat it. Verse 10, and your food which you shall eat, be weight 20 shekels a day from time to time you shall eat it. You shall also drink water by measure. One-sixth of a hint from time to time you shall drink, and you shall eat it as barley cakes and bake it using fuel of human waste in their sight. Then the Lord said, so shall the children of Israel eat their defiled bread among the Gentiles where I will drive them. And honestly, Nathan, when I first read this back many years ago, I was having a hard time grasping this um, the lord is asking him to make food out of what but yet we find that this was the analogy this was the illustration yeah and, and it does tell us too then that ezekiel did get up i mean he wasn't laying on his side the whole 390 days plus 40 he got up and did tasks but he did them publicly so people could see them now and you got to remember that most of israel is in a desert or wilderness like conditions so firewood wasn't readily so what the people would do is they'd use the animal waste, cow patties, basically. And once they dried out, they would use them for fuel. But the Israelites were banned from using human waste, cow patties, so to speak, as fuel. To do so would be considered to defile the food that you were eating. So now Ezekiel, being a righteous Jew, would have had a hard time with this. I mean, if God didn't tell him do it, then he would have definitely not done it because it was not kosher. But here God says, OK, you're going to break kosher rules here to show the people, to offend the people, uh, to get the point across. Excellent point. And Nathan, that's very similar in the, in the New Testament when uh, when Peter had that vision and God told him, uh, you know, kill and eat. And Peter, likewise, he was, well, Lord, I have never eaten anything, uh, you know, to defile my body. And the Lord was trying to bring a message across of the work that he wanted to do in the lives of the Gentiles. And, and, uh, and I'm so glad you pointed that out, because as we look at verse 14 of Ezekiel chapter 4, he says, So I said, oh, Lord, God, indeed, I have never defiled myself from my youth till now. I have never eaten and and died of it. Excuse me. I have never eaten what died of itself or was torn by beast, 
nor has an abominable flesh ever come into my mouth. Verse 15, then he said to me, see, I am giving you cow dung instead of human waste, and you shall prepare your bread over it. Moreover, he said to me, son of man, surely I will cut off the supply of bread in Jerusalem. They shall eat bread by weight and with anxiety and shall drink water by measure and with dread that they may lack bread and water and be dismayed with one another and waste away because of their iniquity. I don't know about you, Nathan, but I, I, when I read this, I mean, we know there's going to be a period in the time of the tribulation, Revelation chapter six, where it talks about these wars and these famines. And, uh, uh, and, and we see similar situations happen throughout history. We do. And, and this isn't the first time Jerusalem will be besieged. Now, this is we're talking about uh, the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar besieging Jerusalem, and he ends up uh, destroying it, killing many of the Jewish people there and bringing many more into exile. But the same thing will happen to answer Jesus' question, which we read earlier in Matthew 24, that the Romans would besiege Israel, and it took about three years for them to do so. And they basically starved the Jewish people in there to the point where they were eating waste and leather and boots and anything they could find. There's even stories of women eating their own children, horrible, horrible things. And uh, it's been estimated that over a million people died in the siege of Jerusalem in 70 AD. And we read again how during the tribulation, the Antichrist will lead the armies of the world to again besiege Jerusalem. And that's the that's exactly when Jesus comes. It's when the G Jewish people are at the lowest point, believe it or not, in all of human history, and that still is yet to come, when they finally see Jesus and coming from the clouds and they cry out, Baruch, Abah, Hashem, Adonai, which is, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's when they repent. And Jesus says, when they repent, that's when I will return. Mm, I love that. Nathan, uh, you know, we are in uh, here in the United States of America. Sometimes it's hard for us to believe these things. But we even our country right now, as we speak, finds itself in a challenging situation. I was reading an article last night regarding Walmart, which is one of the more conservative giants with uh, food products in the U.S. And they were talking about their stocks and how their stocks have been dropping and the challenges with food. Uh, shortages and the prices going up. And there's also a, 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 an eye-opening sign uh, to America that we also need to uh, really wake up and repent and turn around and 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 make sure that that we don't think that we are above any of these things hitting us. And for for those individuals, Nathan, that that are that are not right with the Lord, I always say to them, you know. We don't know how, how much time we have left before the Lord returns. We're seeing certain signs right before our eyes, and hopefully people will take those signs seriously and recognize that these are the things that the Lord points to before his return. And, and, and this is why we call out and cry out to you to turn to Christ while there is still time. Because, Nathan, there's a lot of things that take us by surprise, and we don't want to be found on the opposite side. No, the Bible says it's, there's no going back to normal. I mean, that's been the cry since COVID started return to normal uh it's only supposed to get worse and worse not that we want it to oh my goodness i would love it to be more peaceful again but the true peace that we have to go through is like the baby's birth you know the the contractions get more and more intense and more and more painful until the baby finally comes and that's what jesus compares it to this age 
when Jesus does return, that's like the baby being born. And the millennial kingdom is, is like the baby there when everybody is happy and the pain is forgotten and it's a joyous time and there's bounty and plentifulness and, and peace and justice. And that's the world that we're looking forward to. But we have to get through these birth pains first. And brother, they're, they're painful, that's for sure. Yes, Nathan. And we know that people out there are feeling the pain with the economy, with gas prices uh, still around four, uh, 430 or 450 a gallon. And that's regular gasoline. And we, we recognize that, that there's people out there going through some challenges. And, and that's why we want to encourage you to continue to keep your eyes on the Lord. Uh, the Bible does say that things are going to get uh, progressively worse, but our faith should not be shaken. We know whom our hope lies in and that is the lord jesus and if you don't have a personal relationship with the lord that's what nathan and i are doing here every week we give you an opportunity for you to come to christ and if that's you and you don't have a relationship with the lord right now we want to help you uh get started and if you have a desire to know christ well according to the bible you simply need to believe in your heart that jesus died and rose from the dead and that he loves you and you and if you repent of your sins and you turn to him with all your heart he will forgive you and he will grant you eternal life. And you can do that with a very simple prayer from wherever you are. Like the Bible says that whoever calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. A simple prayer by saying, Lord Jesus, I recognize that, that I am a sinner. And God, right now, I repent from my sins and I turn to you. I ask you for forgiveness. And I want to invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart and be my Lord and be my Savior and be my friend. And from this day forth, I want to follow you, Jesus. In your name, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And Nathan, really, it's not too complicated. The illustrations that Ezekiel shared here were simple enough that anyone will be able to understand what those signs were. And just like coming to Christ, we recognize these are the first steps in people coming and entering his kingdom. Absolutely. And that's the only way to enter Christ's kingdom, to inherit that millennial kingdom of peace and righteousness and justice, is to be his child, to surrender your life to him in repentance and faith and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And when you do, the guilt of your sins are washed away, you're forgiven, and you can stand before the Father, holy and pure. What a future. Amen. And if you accept Christ, let us know. We want to help you along in this wonderful journey. We'll give you a Bible so that you can continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord and some other resources. And we simply want to rejoice with you. And if you're following us on social media and you pray to accept the Lord, post it there. Let us know. We would love to continue to follow up and pray for you and encourage you along the way. So, Nathan, what a wonderful passage, Nathan. And I want to thank you, even with a little bit of the cold and a hoarse voice, Thank you for joining me and making the word clear for others. Uh, I'm sorry if you all could understand me, but uh, hopefully it'll, it'll get better and uh, blessings to you all. Amen. No, you, it, it was uh, you, you came across loud and clear. I think it was my Spanish Dominican accent that maybe they didn't understand. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nathan, it's always a joy to have you on. Thank you so much for joining me. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Keep your eyes on the prize. The Lord is coming back very soon. He loves you and has a great plan for your life. Have a great week. <laughs>